This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to On the Bench. I'm your host for this episode, Brendan Sinone, joined by Zach Lawstein. I don't know why I said your name like that. Yeah, Zach. I feel I'm like it's to- like... Kind of messed up. Um, no, it's uh, you know, what's it messed up? I don't know, I just don't like the pronunciation. Pronounce it right. Um, happy holidays to everyone. I hope everyone is uh, enjoying time with your family. Um, but yeah, excited to get back into it. Um, took a little not even a break, but just a day or two off, obviously. Um, at least I did. I don't know if Brendan did. Um, just to I don't know, recover after that side, the crazy uh. Not even just you know the Wednesday signing of that uh, three day signing period, the Thursday as well. Um, you know, with the the end of the Conrad Hussey recruitment, which we'll get into a, in a little bit. But man, um, needed a little break, but but ready to get back into it. Recharge the batteries, buddy. The people on Knowles twenty four seven on the On Concord board were getting mad that you didn't have scoop for them uh, on Christmas Eve. <laughs> <laughs> what like what am I gonna write about? I don't. Yeah. You should be calling all your sources on Christmas Eve and pestering them for more information. No, I get, I get, I mean, we, we were posting probably what dailies. I, we can't talk about how good we are. Um, no, don't do that. Yeah. Ever. So let's move on. Uh, okay. the, the Conrad Hussey recruitment. Um, Real quick, before we get to the Conrad Hussey recruitment, let's give a shout out to our sponsor for the end of the month. Ooh. Yeah. And they, they have a, a very cool event coming up here in Orlando on Wednesday evening. That's only like, Two days away. It's coming up quick. And that is the Battle's End. Maybe you've heard of them. Battle's End Collectives. Putting on a block party in downtown Orlando, 129 West Church Street. If you know, you know. It's at Harry Buffalo from 4 p.m. to midnight. Uh, have you ever heard of Jake Owen, Zachary? Oh, yeah. Great Owen, country yeah. artist. Yeah, he will be headlining an acoustic music set. It's pretty cool, Ooh, right? I didn't know that. Yeah, that... that that kind of got lost in translation on signing day when we were talking about it. It's going to be just, just rocking out with him in the guitar. I like it. Bare bones. FSU alum. Yeah. So, so make sure you check it out. If you're there, it's free. You just got to show up. It's going to be awesome for FSU fans. They want you to take over downtown Orlando and, uh, and go crazy uh, the night before the, uh, the bowl game, uh, the cheese at bowl in Orlando. So shout out to the battles end. Thank you for sponsoring this episode of On the Bench and very much so looking forward to seeing the turnout there in downtown Orlando. Are you going to be there, Zach? Are you going to make an appearance? I'm hoping to. Okay. That's not what about you? Uh, I'm hoping to. I get down there Wednesday evening. So, yeah, I guess I probably will just head straight. To be me. on the lookout for a little, you know, five foot five guy um, with some gray in his beard. <laughs> Shout out to all the short kings out there. I'm not five foot five. Uh, five there's a. No, I'm like 5'8". There's a lot of gray in the beard, though. I cannot deny that. I'll have a, a it's pronounced a good look. It's a good Thank look. you. I look great. Should we talk about football now? Uh, I think the Noles 24-7 message board is uh, up, in, up in flames right now over this. But, yeah, let's get into it. <laughs> okay. So the Conrad Hussey recruitment. 
Deep breath. It came to an end. Uh, there is a signature. It's finalized. And Zachary, it went somewhat surprisingly, I think, well for Florida State. Well, I guess it depends at what point we were thinking it would go for FSU. Uh, some points we thought it would go terribly. Some points we thought it would go great. Uh, you got the signature at the end of the day. FSU got the uh, commitment and the signature from the four-star safety from St. Thomas Aquinas. Yeah, just an absolutely crazy recruitment. Um, but not one that, that got crazy until – Know, the, the last two weeks or so um it was a guy that committed to penn state all the way back in april of this year um looked to have everything squared away with his process back then um even after he, he took an unofficial visit to fsu um in the month of june there wasn't really much talk out there that his you know that his pledge to, to penn state was in question well two weeks before signing day he decides to take a surprise visit um not to us but you know to the nation, I guess, um, official visit to Florida State. Uh, he, he spent you know, the 48 hours in Tallahassee, two weekends two weekends before um, signing day, and then the, the following weekend made, a, made another official visit to the hometown Miami Hurricanes. From that visit to FSU, two weekends before, I mean, I think there were probably about six lead changes in his recruitment. Um, I'm not like joking about that. I'm not trying to. No, he's not being this smart. Like, I think, uh, yeah. So after the FSU visit, I was hearing that FSU was in the lead um, and was likely to flip him. Um, But that was, you know, more than a week out from signing day, which was this past Wednesday, of course. Well, then I had heard later in the week that Penn State was uh, likely to keep him in the boat. Um, You know, they they made some calls and, and were getting on the phone with him and his family and things looked good. And then he was supposed to take an official visit to Colorado with his teammate. That didn't come to fruition, but that didn't mean that he was, wasn't going to step on any campus. He, he went to, you know, down to Coral Gables, um, not a, not a long drive for him over at, at St. Thomas Aquinas in Fort Lauderdale. Um, and he spent the weekend with Miami's coaching staff, Mario Cristobal. Um, so th- they got the final FaceTime with him before uh, things went dead that Sunday night. And then over the next three days, it was absolute mayhem. Um, you know, the first day, I think, was kind of a toss-up. He was still figuring out where things were. Um, I think Penn State was probably still in the best position right then. Never really heard that Miami moved to the forefront of his recruitment, um, to the leader position. It was mostly FSU and Penn State battling it out. But they did. But Miami did have, you know, at least a little bit of momentum coming out of that final official visit weekend. But, yeah, um, between – Monday and Thursday, when he eventually signed, man, it was going back and forth. And, you know, on Tuesday night, leading up to Wednesday's first uh, day of the early signing period, I had heard that it was Florida State. And I was really confident in that. Um, obviously, you know, with the caveat that this thing changes a ton. And, you know, I was right. It did change. Um, and I think at the beginning of the day, it was Florida State. And it moved towards Penn State again. Um, but he ended up not electing to decide on Wednesday, um, after saying that he was going to do something in the evening, he called it off completely and took another day. Well, then on Thursday, real quick to interject, Zach, we had heard from different sourcing that like he had actually verbally committed to Florida state on Wednesday. Yeah. And I, I believe that happened. Um, at least, you know, got on the phone and, and let the coaching staff know that he was coming. That doesn't mean, you know, obviously he didn't sign anything, so it's not binding or anything. Yeah. Um, that wasn't until, you know, obviously the, Thursday evening, um, believe, you know, FSU got the momentum back on Thursday in this recruitment. Um, you know, he, he did an exclusive interview with Lowell 24-7 just explaining his decision. 
and you know essentially said that you know this was his dream school growing up uh he had to go with where his heart was um and fsu did an excellent job of recruiting him down the stretch credit to mike norvell marcus woodson off-field guy greg moss who played a large role in this one has some connections to the family and and, and was huge um if you saw the the instagram live of Conrad Hussey's announcement on Thursday evening, Greg Moss was on there. Um, and then you saw some Marcus Woodson and obviously Mike Norvell. So all played a key role in this, um, a huge get out of South Florida, a really talented safety prospect that Penn state absolutely wanted to keep in their class. Um, and a guy that you steal away from, from Miami as well, that, that, that wanted him. Um, and he was absolutely a take for them as well. He's a top 200 caliber prospect nationally. And very much like modern safety type of vibes, like where he covers at a really high level. You can put him in the slot and let him go to work. You play up top, uh, defends the perimeter well. Decent size at six foot, I think 190 pounds. If he fills out to be 200, you're, you're in really good shape there. Uh, so, yeah, someone who it was a sizable win, I think, for FSU for a variety of reasons. Big position of need. You need to keep adding to your safety depth, especially with, with some of the veterans that you might be losing on this current roster. Uh, and then for just the the amount of time and energy that you put into this at the very end to go ahead and, and beat Miami for someone in their own backyard to flip someone from a, you know, a well-functioning Penn state program. Like, yeah, like that's, that's a big one for FSU and uh, at a variety of, of, of levels of the program too, to show like stability. And um, yeah, it, it was big. It was a big win for FSU. We'll get a little bit more into like the big picture of this. Uh, and we'll be talking about, I think more of the twists and turns of this recruitment and some of the superlative section we're going to do, uh, later on in the podcast but yeah just just a huge win for FSU to go ahead and and on a day well not a day a day after uh FSU was not able to secure the Keltrick Falk commitment he flipped Auburn like it was it was good to get uh, another blue chip player back in the class so I think FSU blue chip ratio wise in the class sack is at I think it's eight four or five stars and nine three stars but then we get to the transfers which I think should absolutely count uh different people are tracking them different ways. And um, I know us as a network, we don't value in the calculations transfers quite as much as prep players, but man, I, I don't necessarily agree with, with that, with the way the transfer portal is going either way, this is shaping up to be a decent class for FSU, maybe not uh, an elite class, but uh, cumulative, of very, very solid overall. I, I feel decent about where things are going with this, this program right now. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I think you kind of, Obviously, you got a little sour taste in your mouth um, as an FSU fan on Wednesday with the Keldrick Fall clip. But I think closing out the signing period with a guy like Conrad Hussey, you know, a recruitment that um, FSU absolutely worked its tail off for um, and, and they get the reward there. I think it, it's huge. Um, and it, and it kind of, you know, I just think puts an overall positive light on the finish to this class. And, you know, obviously we're getting to the transfer portal stuff that is not over and is ever evolving, but, um, you know, a solid, a solid end to FSU's, you know, signing period on this past week. Do we want to talk about some of the transfer portal activity that's happening? Cause that, that's really going to be where the, the heat and the action is, I think for the next couple of weeks, Zach. Yeah. Um, want to get your thoughts on two guys uh, okay. specifically that are, uh, that FSU is targeting, that they have been targeting for for a good bit now out of the transfer portal. First is Western Michigan defensive tackle prospect, Braden Fisk. Um, you dropped some scoop this morning on him. Want to hear your thoughts on, on where FSU is sitting in this one. Some tea, some tea on Braden Fisk. So Braden Fisk, for those who are not familiar with him, and if you've been listening to this podcast for at least the last month or so, uh, you, you should know the name. But if you don't, 
He is a blue chip defensive tackle recruit in the transfer portal, 93 overall grade from 24-7 sports. That makes him the highest ranked interior defender in the portal currently. And just an extremely productive, experienced, I think, three-year starter out of Western Michigan. He's a graduate transfer, has over 100 career quarterback pressures. He had six sacks this past year, and he's just gotten better year over year. Someone who I really liked, like when when he entered the portal, and I didn't even know if FSU was interested at that point, but you just you watch you watch him play against Power Five teams like Pitt in 2021, Michigan State in 2022, and he he jumps off the film at you because of how he. He moves and how much energy he plays with. Uh, so Braden Fisk is someone that, you know, as we follow the twists and turns of this recruiting cycle, he has officially visited Florida State. He officially visited USC and he officially visited Notre Dame. And our Alan True, uh, I think it was like three or four days ago at 24-7 Sports reported that Braden Fisk was down to three. So he's not planning to take any more visits, which is something that Braden, when we caught up with him about a week ago, had indicated that he may be done, but he kind of wanted to at least take some time to recharge after this whirlwind of recruiting process. Remember, this is a guy who was like a, a basically an unranked recruit, uh, maybe been like a two-star guy out of, out of high school. I think he had one offer, and that was from Western Michigan. Uh, and so as someone whose recruitment has – the second time around has just been this this monumental, like uh, – I was going to say cluster, but it's not really a cluster. It's been a whirlwind of, of activity. So – he wanted to use this week to, to kind of recharge a little bit, sit back, evaluate his his choices. And he's narrowed things down to the three aforementioned schools, Notre Dame, which is about 45 minutes from where he lives in, in northern uh, Indiana, uh, USC, and FSU. Zach, after his official visit to FSU, we had multiple sources and, and all of us kind of using uh, our – non-real Rolodex, no one uses Rolodex anymore, but reach out different sources. And uh, the the feeling then was very spread out all over the place. Like some people were, were cautiously optimistic, some were very optimistic, some were were kind of pessimistic and, and thinking, yes, he's a Notre Dame lock. I, I think Notre Dame's coaching staff felt great about it. Uh, as we get to Monday here and after the holidays and, and starting to kind of feel like this recruitment is coming to a close and, and winding down and it will not linger into January. I, I feel really good about where FSU stands for Braden Fisk. Uh, I, I will not do a crystal ball on this. Oh, no, I will not. No, 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 we are not doing any crystal balls for transfer prospects. Uh, that's just not what we're going to do, but I, I think FSU sits in a really good spot for Braden Fisk. Uh, understand that things could could change that you know, as we record this on a Monday morning, nothing is public or anything like that. But um, I mean, I think they're going to get Braden Fisk and uh, I would put FSU over the field right now. I guess that's the best way to put it. I think FSU has a really good chance of of upsetting Notre Dame and, and getting Braden Fisk to come play defensive line for the next season. And that would be huge for FSU because he could play three or four different spots up front. Uh, he He fills in. If you lose Fabian Lovett, he fills in there. At the very least, he's going to be a starter with Fabian Lovett and Daryl Jackson in the rotation and Dennis Briggs. And like, oh man, like uh, the potential for the defensive line to be elite exists. But even if you do lose Fabo uh, to the NFL draft, like Brandon Fisk is a really good replacement for him for a year. Uh, and a lot of Brandon Fisk. Brandon Fisk. Did I say Brandon? It sounded like Brandon. So, anyways, I rambled there, but uh, did you get the gist of what we needed, like, to yeah. get out? Like, let's I, move I, on to yeah. 
I no, that's awesome. That's good news. Um, obviously, if FSU lands him, that'd be that'd be an, a, an amazing get out of the portal at a major position of need. Obviously, they already they they've already gotten Daryl Jackson from Miami. Um, you know, a big portal get, but but he yeah, picked up a four star officially, Zach. He's, yeah, he is a four star ninety grade. Yeah, fifth that, rated defensive tackle in the portal. Good good stuff there. Um, moving on, a guy that FSU uh, has you know targeted. Um, from the jump, like most of these guys, um, and, and I know the Knowles 24 7 message boarders are really wondering, you know, what's going on in this recruitment. Um, Virginia defensive back transfer, Ventrell's Deuce Cypress. Um, Brennan, what's the latest here? So he took official visits to UCLA and then FSU, uh, FSU being in the final weekend of official visits uh, before the dead period. And coming out of those official visits, first off, we talked about this, like Deuce is kind of a difficult guy to read uh, and just his interviews. And yeah, Chris Nee did his damnedest. He'd go back and watch the interview at Knowles 24-7's YouTube page. Like Chris did the best he could to get the, the pertinent information about the recruitment and Deuce being a, I think, a four-year player at Virginia <laughs> did not tip his head. Uh, so anyways, again, having to work the phones, work the non-existent Rolodex there. Um you know, we thought FSU did a really good job of, of making a, a strong impression on Deuce Cypress. And if it's just between UCLA and FSU, I, I don't want to say 100% chance that it would be FSU, but 90, 90% chance and 95% chance. Like FSU is in a great spot. The big question is, does he take a visit elsewhere in, what's it, January 4th when that four-day window yeah. begins? January 4th through the 8th, correct. And, and that's for transfer prospects that can official yeah. visit. Only for guys that are trying to enroll mid-year, so in January. All right, and FSU's classes start January 9th, I believe. Okay, so uh, so anyways, um, you want to see if Deuce Cypress visits anywhere else officially, right? Like that, that is going to be huge. If he says, I'm shutting down and making a decision in a day, like if that becomes public, and I don't think that's how that'll work. I think Deuce will just announce when the time comes. Uh, it doesn't seem super flashy and one for fanfare. Uh, but let's just let's say we get word out that he's not taking any more official visits and he's shutting it down. Like that's a great sign for FSU. So we've been trying to chase like, hey, is he visiting anywhere else? We know that LSU's been involved. We know that some of the Texas schools have been involved. We know that Ohio State has been involved. Uh, the word that I've gotten from a couple different places, Zach, is that Deuce Cypress is uh, was potentially going to visit LSU, and different people can view it in different ways. Like. Is that a courtesy visit? Is that a real legitimate visit? Like LSU is one of the few schools uh, that that have courted Deuce Cypress. I think that offers something similar to Florida State in terms of playing on a big stage, having a chance to compete for something meaningful in 2023, uh, being able to you know, play at a, at a high power five level where NFL teams will be able to take note. It, it checks a lot of those proverbial boxes. Shout out Chris News in Orlando right now uh, for Deuce Cypress, uh, LSU does. But LSU has gotten a commitment from a well, two commitments, right? I think from from transfer cornerbacks. Uh, I think so. LSU twenty seven. Uh, they've gotten two, including one from the Texas A&M kid. Help me out with his name. I'm blanking on it. Denver Harris. Denver Harris is is one of these, and he's actually ranked a little bit higher than Ventral Cypress. He's ranked ninety six in our system, uh, and and Deuce Cypress is ranked ninety five grade. But both really high end guys. Uh, they also have a commitment from Zai Alexander from, uh, I think, southeastern Louisiana. Uh, so they have two cornerback commits. I don't know if that precludes LSU from getting an official visit there, Zach, but I think that 
it it's a sign that LSU might be pretty comfortable with its cornerback. Are you on him? I boring you? I'm just tired. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of you. And uh, and I think F, I think FSU might be in a pretty good spot here if Do Cypress ends up not taking that official visit to LSU. Uh, we do not know of any other official visits right now. I actually checked with our LSU site. Uh, I think on Christmas Eve, we were working on Christmas Eve, or regardless of some angsty uh, people on the message board wanting Zach scoop, uh, going through withdrawal, we get it. Uh, and LSU did not know of any official visits. The LSU site, Sunnyship over there, did not know of any official visit with New Cyprus. So this is going to be worth monitoring, man. Uh, I think we might be getting to the part of the recruitment where, where it's kind of about closing time. Uh, if FSU is able to to go ahead and, and prevent him from taking any more official visits, I, I think this one's more or less a wrap for the Seminoles. So uh, both with Braden Fisk and Deuce Cypress, long story short, FSU is in a good spot for both of them. I think they're in a great spot for Braden Fisk. I think they're in a, a good spot for Deuce Cypress right now. Whew. Good stuff. Do we have any other names in the transfer portal we want to get to, like some new names that we haven't talked about? I I, I could throw this to you, Zach. Yeah, throw it to me. All right, catch. Thank you. Um, yeah, so let's let's go over three new names that I think FSU fans should know about. Um, I think FSU is in communication with all three of these prospects. Um, and if the, you know, I, I don't know if Michael Tarquin has hit the portal yet. Has he officially hit the portal yet? But um, you know, if he has, then I think FSU will be interested. I want to make sure. Looking that, it up. Looking it yeah, up. I want to make sure you put that caveat out. Um, but yeah, let's get into the first guy. South Carolina edge defender Gilbert Edmond. Um, a guy out of Fort Pierce, um, out of, you know, out of high school. He, he played his high school ball in Fort Pierce. Um, you know, played a few seasons over there at South Carolina, entered the portal this past week. Um, and a guy that, you know, obviously a lot of FSU fans are familiar with just because there's been some you know, weird rumors uh, floating around about him and FSU. I think uh, FSU is in contact here. Uh, but they're not the only school that's involved with him. Um, he was pretty productive over there. This past season had 24 uh, or 24 total or 39 total tackles. Sorry. I'm like trying to read these stats, two sacks and nine tackles for loss. Um, the guy that's, that, that's, you know, played a lot of ball there um, started 12 games or played in 12 games this year, seven last year and two the year before that. Um, yeah. I think he's a, a guy that South Carolina fans are pretty upset to lose. Um, and as we know, we, we try to, you know, do the no 24 seven litmus litmus test of, uh, fan reaction once a guy enters the portal, and Gilbert Edmond definitely passed the test. Um, so not not um, a lot of good lucks, a lot of uh claims of tampering and whatnot. Yes. So, yeah, he, they, they think highly of him. 6'5, 250, redshirt sophomore, edge defender out of Fort Pierce, Wed- uh, Westwood, Westwood High School. Um, he, he reminds me of J Rob of Janarius Robinson a little bit with just like the really? physical tools, the size. Yeah, he moves really well, uh, but still kind of this for a guy who's been in. SEC for a few years, very raw still. Yeah, he uh what's crazy is out of high school, FSU actually recruited this kid. Um, this was then Mike Norvell's literally first month on the job. Um, when they were trying to go evaluate, you know, the last minute high school guys they wanted to take. Um, he had an official visit set up to Florida State. Um, FSU had made it clear that they were not sure that they were going to take him late. Um, and I think that's what kind of uh, made him, you know, turn over and, and commit to South Carolina before taking that official visit to FSU. Um, but they were involved. Mike Norvell was personally communicating with him. So there is some sort of a pre-existing relationship. Um, but out of high school, he was listed at six foot four, um, 230 pounds. So he's put on, you know, at least 20 pounds since he's been at South Carolina and has obviously used that weight well 
um, to become a really productive player for them this past season. Um, you know, as far as his recruitment goes, I do not do not believe he took any uh, visits to my knowledge. Um, I know his camp is trying to keep things under uh, the radar as far as, you know, what's exactly going on. Um, they're just trying to handle their business and, and find him a new place or a new, you know, a new home. But I think FSU is, is definitely in the mix and in, in conversations with him and his family. Um, I think Ole Miss is another school to watch, right, Brennan? Yes, correct. That's one name that we've heard there. Okay. Um, moving on, Syracuse defensive back, uh, safety prospect, Jihad Carter. Um, he's a six foot two sophomore out of Richmond, Virginia, um, 198 pounds. He's a guy that has been part of a talented secondary over there at Syracuse. That's been, you know, pretty heralded. Um, there's another guy in the portal like Deuce Chestnut, who's also a guy that, that people um, will know from that secondary. But I think Jihad Carter's the, the main focus um, for FSU here. Um, Texas is the one school that that we've heard as as um, you know involved. Uh, in Jihad Carter's recruitment. Um, they got him on campus, I believe, the, this past weekend um, before he was able to, or before the dead period got put in place. So the only school that was able to host him before things went dead, obviously he can take some more visits once things open up um, for that four-day window in January, like we mentioned, and then also um, things open up, I believe, the week after that fully um, for for Portal and high school guys to take visits. But you know, obviously, if you're trying to get a guy in, for the month of January as a mid-year enrollee, you'd like them to probably take a visit within that four-day window. That's what it's there for. Um, for a school like Florida State that starts its semester within the first you know, week or so of January, you know, a talented safety prospect that I think FSU, um, regardless of what happens with with the Deuce Cypress, like we mentioned earlier, um, I think they, they'll pursue Jihad Carter. And there's some pre-existing relationships between Carter um, and some members of FSU's coaching staff, like Orion Bardo, who, who used to work at at Syracuse um, a few years back. Um, the last guy I want to note, Michael Tarquin, a UF offensive lineman, six foot five, 320 pounds, redshirt sophomore out of Ocala, Florida. He um, is in the transfer portal. I think he officially entered on Christmas, which been two days after cool. he said he was planning to. So yeah. 48 hour window. Yep. Just want to make sure. Obviously um, he had announced his intentions to enter. I don't believe FSU was you know tampering or anything like uh, they just, I, I think FSU, um, obviously, once the reason why guys announce their intentions to answer or to enter um, is so, you know, teams can start evaluating them and, you know, figuring out if they want to target them. So um, I think FSU is interested there. Um, played in a bunch of uh, games this season, um, especially they had some injuries along their offensive line, but he's a guy that um, contributed for them all season. Uh, I believe he was listed as a co backup uh, in their bowl game. Um, and, you know, the, the, his PFF grades are pretty impressive. What do you think of, I guess, these three guys at FSU could get involved with over the next month or so? Well, all are at positions of need, right? Like starting with Gilbert Edmond, especially losing with Keldrick, losing out on Keldrick Falk. Like if you, all of a sudden there becomes a need for depth. Cause I think Keldrick Falk was someone that they were going to be banking on to be a two deep guy, at least by the end of the season as a freshman year, like someone you can use rotationally in different ways. I mean, just the way he moved and, and size wise, actually very similar to, to Gilbert Edmond. Uh, so, so yeah, he, he moves up the board with you not getting Keldrick Falk. And I think Gilbert had en entered the portal, like a, maybe in that last weekend of the open period. Um, so we would have had time to, to officially visit places if I'm, 
not mistaken there, Zach. But anyways, he he's a guy like if Jared Verse comes back and if Derek McClendon comes back, then Gilbert Edmond kind of creates like this nice three-man rotation. Gilbert Edmond had like 600-plus snaps according to PFF last year, which is a ton for defensive ends. So if you can get him to be a guy who cuts his snaps down by like a third, becomes a high-end rotational guy or even a starter and gets about 400 snaps a season, like I think you can maximize what well, is an intriguing skill set, but albeit one that is still very uh, – very raw and unrefined. Uh, Jihad Carter, I like a ton. I think if you lose Jamie Robinson, he's a really good replacement for Jamie in that he has a lot of a lot of versatility to his game. He could play up top. He could play the slot. Uh, they, they've used him all over the place in that Syracuse secondary, and he's graded out well, uh, according to PFF. Uh, I've watched a couple of his games. He's not going to light the world on fire. He, he doesn't look like this, this all-world athlete, but just very solid at, at multiple things. I like him. And then with Tarquin, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's a guy. Like, I think all these UF, like Ethan White, too, who entered the transfer portal, like, I think these UF guys are, are kind of a surprise. I don't think a lot of schools around the country were, like, tampering or doing any kind of, like, expecting these guys to enter the transfer portal. Um, UF lost some good players from what was probably its best unit or one of its best units uh, on its team this past season. And Michael Tarquin, I think, has some injury issues in his past, but when he has played, he's been good, especially this past year was, was really solid. It sounds like a guy who like he does a lot of things well at the you know, at the highest level of college football. Maybe not an elite prospect, but very solid. I think what we've learned with FSU and its pursuit of offensive linemen, they really like the three transfers they've added so far, and Jeremiah Byers, Casey Roddick, and um, oh god, help me help me out on the Auburn kid, uh, Keandre Jones. Keandre Jones. Thank you, thank you, Keandre Jones. Uh, but all are primarily interior offensive line guys. We saw them pursue. Uh, so John Campbell, the Miami offensive tackle, uh, he officially visited. We actually thought he was probably going to commit, but I think FSU is taking a step back and said, let's just see how the board plays out. I think they can go ahead and, and get John Campbell anytime they ultimately decide they, they want him. Uh, and I think he he only visited one school, Florida State. I think it would be good for him to look around as well. So I think that's what's happening. Uh, in my estimation, Zach, I think Marco Tarquin would be a better version of John Campbell as a either a swing tackle or an outright starter at one of the offensive tackle spots. I um, agree. So, yeah, those are names to all mention. If you get those guys you're talking about, uh, raising raising the floor and the ceiling at multiple position groups that are all positions of need right now. Yeah. Do you have room for these guys? I think that's the next question people want to know. The numbers, well, the numbers always work out. Do they? I think they do. I don't like – I think, uh, you know, we can get into some of the, the – the, you know, potential departures from the program, whether it be NFL or transfers, but I think it'll work out. You know, I don't think FSU is going to get all the guys we mentioned, um, but they'll get a few, I I would expect, um, and maybe not even guys were mentioning because re- remember the portal window is still open. Um, bowl games are still going on over the next uh, you know week and change, and I think uh, we could see some more departures from these these programs after bowl games finish, um, as you know, guys. Uh, want to finish out their seasons with their programs. Um, but yeah, I think we could see another little wave here, especially at the beginning of January um, as things heat up for that, that little four day window where guys can take visits. So, you know, we'll see. Um, but I, but I don't, I don't expect numbers to be, you know, a huge issue for Florida state. They'll work they're right, out. They're right now for people who are interested. I think they're projected with the current signees who were added uh, on Wednesday and then Conrad, Conrad Hussey on Thursday. Uh, I think they're at like 86 projected scholarships. Um, remember, you got to be at 85 before the start of the season. 
but there, there's a lot of variables still at play. And by the way, Demory Tate has has transferred and entered the transfer portal. I don't know if we talk about that on the podcast. Um, but ooh, I just got a text message. That's pretty promising. Ooh, what does that mean? Mm, we've already talked about it. Uh, what happens with some? Okay, sorry. Going back to the script. Uh, so like, there, there's some names we're gonna see. Like, what happens with? Uh, obviously, there's like not even two deep guys, like reserves who've been passed up that could still potentially transfer out that we kind of would keep an eye on, I think, consistently throughout the offseason. Uh, but some other high-end you know, starter types um, who might be worth watching. Like we've talked about Jared Burst, Fabian Levitt, and Jamie Robinson as, as guys who are weighing their options to go NFL or come back uh, because of a, a collective like the Battles End coming back as, a, as an option to where you can have NIL opportunities as an established uh, as an established player. I think right now Jamie Robinson probably goes pro. Uh, I was I was leaning towards him actually coming back a week ago, but man, stuff bounces back and forth so fast. I think right now I would assume Jamie Robinson goes pro. Fabio love it. I really don't know what's going to happen with Fabio. I think right now he's probably leaning pro, but I think it'll be a coin flip. I don't think that's someone that FSU is taken off the board and, and not accounting for at this point. Uh, he is with the team in Orlando uh, for what it's worth. Uh, we saw pictures of him yesterday uh, with at the team hotel. And then uh, Jared Verse, I think, is a coin flip, maybe a little bit more towards being a returner for FSU. The draft grades coming. You're right. Like that could be huge because he's someone who, you know, I know a lot of the mock drafts are putting him as a top 10 guy. I think the NFL draft grades are probably saying more likely late first, early second, potentially even like a third round type of guy as you get more and more intel because the draft grades, I think, are only like day one uh, or round two types. Um, but someone who could actually help us draft stock out with a, another year and a little bit more seasoning uh, at, at the power five level. And then you have guys like a Trayshawn Ward and Malik McClain, guys who have not announced that they're coming back yet, uh, who I believe very much are, are looking at their options and, and we'll see what happens with them. I think there's a decent chance both could return. And there's also a decent chance both could explore their options in the transfer portal. Trayshawn Ward particularly, I think has a, has a higher chance just given how crowded the running back room is. You got Trey Benson, you got Lawrence Toffoli. You got a really promising Rodney Hill. You added and Sam two, Singleton. Yeah, and two promising walk-ons, and CJ Campbell and Keziah Holmes. Oh, that's right. That's right. I, I got flack for leaving out CJ Campbell uh, out of a story the other day. I'm like, I mean, don't. Yeah, don't because he's, he's legit. Beast. Like, he's good. Like, it's yeah. crazy how good that, that room is. And, like, we haven't really even seen the, the full potential of a Rodney Hill. Um, you know, imagine him as the third guy in the rotation. Like, you know, I, I want Treshawn to stay. I think Treshawn's a really good running back. Um, and culturally, he's huge. But, like, he is the the anchor yeah, of that room. Exactly. And he's like, he, he's the proof of, of of what Mike Norvell can do to a player, right? Like, get it, you know, come in as a walk-on, believe in the process, commit to this team, and and you'll see the results. Um, but, but you know, for Treshawn, I think, Right. Like if you're looking at what the portal is supposed to, to help players with, it's it's, you know, finding the, the best spot for you to succeed. And maybe Treshawn is not going to get enough snaps at Florida State, uh, you know, amongst the other two or three or four, whatever running backs they have in that room right now. Um, and he can go be a, a starter somewhere else that's going to, you know, give him a you know, full time, you know, carrying or, you know, snaps. Yeah, during the game. Like, I think I think that 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 that's attractive for a guy that's you know obviously looking to to improve his stock um, and, you know, a full-time workload workload is, is, is something that I think, you know, any, any player on a roster is looking for, um, you know, if you're competitive. And I think um, that, you know, I want him to stay. Like, I, I think I love Trishan where I love the way he runs, but 
you know, if he needs to go find somewhere else to go to go improve his stock, I don't think, you know, FSU fans should be, you know, harping on that. Zach, the rare exception to the litmus test that Knowles 24-7 has devised. Because he's going to get a bunch of good looks and at the but he is someone that you want to stay and, and do not want to leave. Yeah, but, but I think the most FSU fans will be upset if he leaves. Like no one wants him to leave. Yeah, exactly. But I it'll be like it'll two, be right in the middle. It'll twofold. Right. I don't mean like, like well, I think it's twofold. So you have one like the the potential of the running back room and like the way Trey Benson ended the year. Like Trayshawn Ward has been a top five player in the ACC in yards per carry the last two years. So like he is yeah. a good player, uh, but in his own right. But because of what you have in the room, I, I think that's part of why. And then just two, like the the other part of it is people love Trayshawn Ward and the way he's carried himself in the story. So he's he's earned himself so much goodwill to where like. All right, man, if you if you do ultimately decide to go to a place that you're going to get a, a guaranteed 20 touches per game, like no one can fault you for that. Yeah. Uh, go so ball that, out. Go ball out. Go ball out. Or come back here and uh, and win an ACC title. Those are your options. Yeah. Win-win. Hmm. National title. We'll see. No. <laughs> well, easy there. Good show. Hey, uh, hey let's do a, a quick game of Byers Unknown, and then we'll do a commercial break, and then we'll do uh, – a superlative game, but I'm going to be making fun of your superlatives, I think is how I want to play that and how we're going to approach okay. it. But let's play first game first, and that is Byerson Home, sponsored by the Turner Group. The Turner Group. Uh, if you are looking to buy or sell a home in Central Florida or, or throughout the state of Florida, don't know where to start, start out with the Turner Group. Colin Amy Turner or FSU grads. They've been doing this for a long time, and, and they do a fantastic job of working really hard, closing deals, making things happen. Uh, FSU fans through and through as well. And Colin is just super excited, I think, right now about where FSU is going. So if you want to uh, to talk shop with, with Colin Turner, not just about houses, but the Knowles. Maybe. Destin Hill, whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, if you want to ask him about Destin Hill, let him know that we sent you. And he will give you all the scoop on Destin Hill. Yeah, you know we what? Filled them in. We filled them in. If you want to know about Destin Hill, you can reach out to Colin Turner at 407-403-8546. And he'll let you know. Let them know that on the bench sent you, but also have a house that you want to put on the market too. Yeah. Don't just <laughs> pester him. <laughs> All right. Buy or sorry, Colin. Buy or Sonom. Zach, getting Conrad Hussey in addition to Hiking Williams and Edwin Joseph was a statement for FSU. Bye. Are you sure? Three South Florida prospects that Miami absolutely wanted. Um, and you took them out of the, their backyard even with all the momentum they had going in their 2023 recruiting class. Um, I think it's a statement for Florida state. It's not a location that FSU has done particularly well, um, you know, in recent years in South Florida um, to get back there at, at three major high schools uh, in Shamanah Madonna, St. Thomas Aquinas and Stranahan is pretty big. Um, Stranahan, yeah. which we like, maybe not quite as major, but you got a major yeah, recruit out of there. They've turned out two FSU caliber prospects in back-to-back years. That's true. They have. Yeah. They have. So it, it, not... It's in a first class. Like I love that program. I love going. The Mighty there. Dragons. Yeah, they uh, they they do things the right way. Just yeah, just fun. Don't um, hate on Stranahan. I'm not. Hate, I'm just. You're you just mentioned State Thomas Aquinas. And <laughs> I would played for like a national title. Um, I'm just keeping you in check. I'm keeping you in check. It is, it, no, it is interesting because like Miami is, and obviously you guys saw the, the Twitter back and forth it is what it is. It, it was fun. I like to have fun on Twitter. Um, but like Miami's recruiting in the high school ranks at an elite level. 
And they are getting players from all across the country at premium positions. They have a top five class. I think maybe in the high school ranks is top three at the moment. I'm not, I haven't checked on the last year. Like number four right now. Okay. So yeah, right between yeah. three, three and five. Um, but FSU, what's interesting, like the guys who FSU narrowed in on uh, and, and really wanted, I think they went like three for six on players or players from South Florida that Miami also really wanted. Right. Yeah. Um, the guys they miss on, obviously, Ruben Bain and the Brown Demari brothers, Brown, and the yeah, the Brown brothers. Um, and like, obviously, there's some built-in ties with both of those. Ruben's Bain, Ruben Bain's uncle played at Florida or at Miami. Um, his brother's on staff. My man's nickname is Hurricane, and his his former head coach is on staff. His nickname is Hurricane. Damari Brown, his dad played at Miami. Um, obviously, the the same for Devonte Brown, and a guy that you know uh, Miami's been in on from the start. So. Um, not huge you know, disappointments for FSU to lose out on those recruits, but to get the other three, I think is is pretty big. Obviously, you know, I'm not discounting Miami's. Th- those are big additions for Miami. I'm not right. trying to discount what they did, um, but I think it's a statement for Florida State nonetheless to, yeah. to get the other three guys, especially a guy like Hakeem Williams. That was my point. I wasn't discounting what like Miami's done in this recruiting cycle. Um, it's just more like in that window of like guys that you're going after in the nine five four three zero five like. Yeah, FSU held its own this year, and that's noteworthy because that Zach mentioned that wasn't always the case. Like, you you went in there and you threw some punches for guys who were wanted both locally, hyper locally by Miami, and and then nationally as well. Like everyone was gunning for Hiking Williams at the end. It wasn't just Mario. Uh, Deion Sanders yeah. made a made a made a push in the latest of moments, right? Um, we know Jimbo at A and M was was going in Hiking, and yeah. So, anyways. We can look at FSU and say hey, they left some things on the table late in the recruiting process. It wasn't perfect, but uh, I think I still think you're showing incremental like signs of growth on the recruiting trail that is reflective of what you've done uh, on the field this past season. Um, with, with that in mind, Zach Byers to note FSU's 2023 recruiting class cumulatively, both high school and transfers, when it's all said and done, is going to be championship caliber. I think it depends on what championship you're talking about if you're talking I left, ACC I left it vague yeah i'm gonna say acc championship by national championship so i am totally with you i think that's a great way to, to look at it and that's still like i think we're still seeing this program level up slowly but but surely like they were they probably had a schedule with what they did on on the field this past year I don't know if we see the fruits of that labor really take place. I think we start to see it in the transfer portal where guys are taking notice. Uh, but because it's such a long winding process of high school recruiting, I don't think we can truly judge what happened on the field this past year and, until, uh, I guess, probably starting during junior days and, and stuff in February. I think that's probably when we start to see, like, did FSU really make a leap up on the recruiting trail as well? So I'm with you. Uh, with that in mind, one last buyer's to know, with another that in mind. Uh, Byer Sinone, FSU's 2024 recruiting class could be special. It's currently ranked, I think, fourth nationally, which it's really, 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 really early. Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't really get into early rankings. I don't think it means much literally at all because these classes aren't filled. I mean, FSU has a really good 2024 recruiting class so far. Um but the rest of the nation is going to you know, catch up and start gaining commitments from some of the, the top guys. I think regardless of that, I think FSU can, can have a, a special 24 class, right? If you look at everything that's going on in this program, 
they come off a nine and three, hopefully ten and three season after the bowl game. Um, you have the on-field result almost there um, to, to it. You know, like we said, almost near a championship level um, roster and, and, and just the, the performance is there um, finally. And then you move on to, you know, the NIL portion of, of FSU related activity. Um, obviously FSU is not in, directly involved in this, but the collective surrounding Florida state like battles end um, as that continues to get more and more organized, we've already seen that, you know, some of the fruits of the labor uh, within that collective and, and, you know, roster retention, bringing Jordan Travis back, bringing Trey Benson back, hopefully bringing some more guys back um, over the next couple of weeks. I think you're, you're getting to a point where um, you're going to be able to recruit the high school level at, at, at a, a really good rate. Um, I don't know. I don't want to say elite um, because I think, you know, you still got a, a little ways to go, right. You're, you're finishing towards the later teens and the recruiting rankings. I think you could, you could move up towards the top 10 um, in 2024. That's what, that's kind of the benchmark I'm putting it at. Um, especially if you, if you have the results again in the 2023 season, there's no reason you shouldn't finish, you know, within the top 10 or close to that mark, um, you know, following this cycle, especially with the start you've already got, um, you know, outlining some of the names. I mean, Cameron Davis, five-star running back committed already. Luke Cromenhawk is a top 247 quarterback committed. I mean, you got, you got pillars of the class already in the boat. Cam Davis has expressed just the, you know, his, his commitment is super strong. That doesn't mean other schools aren't going to try and flip him, but um, you're off to a great start. And you've got other guys like Jordan Pride, a top 100 prospect. Camden Fryer is a blue chip receiver prospect. Like, Legacy. Yeah. Th- there's a lot of good pieces you've got early on. And there's a lot of top targets that are still on the board. And I expect that board to only grow over the next few months as FSU looks to get a head start on 2024 recruiting in the month of January and, and moving forward. So, yeah, I'll buy that. I think it can be a special class. There's at least the groundwork with, with what, and I think some of that you have to also carry over what you've done uh, on the field in 2022. Like you have to continue to be a team that's competing to help like close big recruitments. Yeah. Um, you're you're going to be in more, I think you're going to be in more living rooms than, than you were this past cycle, like for blue chip recruits uh, and, and you have to just continue it now, but you've given yourself a chance to, to have a legitimate like top 10, high school class and then if you supplement what you do in the portal so well like yes uh, let's see yeah uh, and i love that you have chrome you have your quarterback like in the fold and he's only going to keep getting higher and higher in the rankings like you're gonna have to yeah. probably fend off some some big schools for him but the relationship he has um with tony tokars and his coaching staff is is big uh you mentioned cam davis like i mean that's an elite prospect and you've done everything as a program that you can do right now like like the running back progress and development has been awesome. Jordan pride will be a guy like, we'll see if they hold on to him. We'll see. Like he's someone who I think like the Alabamas and Georgias of the world are going to come hard after him. And, and again, yeah, there's some regionality. Are. Yep. Yeah. There will be programs. will be, and there's some regionality to that you have for him, but we'll see. This is going to be fun. It'll be a fun cycle to cover for sure. Uh, with that in mind, I keep saying that that's a crutch today. It's been a purple crutch. Not great. Not great. Zach. All right, going to take a, a commercial break. I was going to say keep checking out those 24-7 for 2024 developments, but I don't want to put that evil on you yet. It's a little early. For With me. that in mind, let's move on to the commercial break. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, 
you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, welcome back to On the Bench. Uh, Zach made fun of me on the way out. Uh, I guess I'm going to now tease him and tease you guys uh, as we return from the commercial break here. I don't think we're going to have time to play the superlatives, Zach. Uh, there's stuff happening. <laughs> there's news happening regarding something that we talked about earlier on the podcast. And that's it. Braden Fisk is going to commit to Florida State. I want to get this podcast up as soon as he commits at this point. So. Let's Damn. talk about it. That's that's the we're we're changing, we're pivoting mid podcast. Yeah, it's crazy like how this news develops. But yeah, I mean that's awesome news. Um, Forrest gets a huge addition on the interior, the the defensive line. We already kind of talked about it, but you know the possibility of losing both of your starting interior D linemen um, and Robert Cooper and, and maybe Fabian Lovett, who hasn't made his decision yet. But it looks likely that he'll probably you know opt to not return for another year at FSU you look to add to that um, pretty good defensive tackle depth at Florida State with two um, productive guys and a Miami defensive tackle transfer, Daryl Jackson, and then now the new commitment in Western Michigan defensive tackle transfer, Braden Fisk. I believe he's rated a four-star prospect according to the transfer portal rankings. Do you know that, Brendan, off off the top of your head, Mr. Portal guy? Uh, Braden Fisk is ranked a four-star prospect. Yeah, he's ranked 93 overall. That's wow. the high, that's the highest defensive tackle prospect in the portal. That's so you just got they just landed the top defensive tackle in the portal. Yes, yeah. and, really and Daryl Jackson is fifth, I think, currently. So you have two guys in the top five. Main, just an like, absolutely, yeah, awesome <laughs> job by Adam Fuller, who kind of spearheaded this recruitment along with Odell Hagens and others that were that were heavily involved in the in this one. Uh, I just spoke with Braden during the break. No, uh, so, wow. so again, with this will all be out after he goes public uh, and want it to him to have his moment. But he mentioned that Adam Fuller was one of the first coaches to hit him up. Mike Norvell was, I think, the first head coach to talk to him and FaceTime him right away. Braden's talked about that a couple times now. Like that was huge for him. That that yeah, and he's not the only portal guy that's that's talked about how quickly <laughs> Norvell gets in touch with them. Right, uh, Mike Norvell works really hard. I think he loves recruiting, Zach. I think he loves recruiting in the transfer portal for sure. <laughs> oh, he does love recruiting. <laughs> find, find someone who loves you like Mike Norvell loves recruiting in the transfer portal. <laughs> um, I think he his... just likes that he doesn't have to like, I don't know, like it's like a two-week relationship. It's kind of all fast-paced. You just get it done. It's a speed well, date. You have, you have all the information too. You're yeah. not going through this whole crazy process of like courting process. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you know what they are. You know what it is. It's business. Let's get like, we can help you out. You can help us out. Let's go. Like two um, visits maybe, and then you're, they're done at most. And I, I think that that's just super appealing to a staff that, that is trying to flip their roster still. I, I think it's been, I think we're at the point where like, this is the flip. Like it is yeah. uh, the, the, the pancake. And you're, you're, you're adding the, the quality pieces on. Yeah. The... the pancake was, it started off a little, little shaky at first. Maybe you burnt the first one. So you had to start it over again. You had and the, the nice brown golden crisp at the bottom uh, was occurring. Right. And then you flipped it. And now it's about to land on the other side. 
in 2023 is going to be about the syrup sack. It's going to be I love the metaphor. Thank you. <laughs> um, but real quick on Brandon Fisk. So he he said, yeah, that Norvell, Fowler, big uh, Odell Hagens in person. Like he loved Odell Hagens and that like the way that they were able to pitch to him about doing a little bit of everything and being able to play multiple spots in the defensive line. He said three tech, he said two eye, he said five wide, like, uh, or is it five eye, five wide? I don't know. I'm checking my notes. I get AP in here soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is all happening very quickly. So I'm responding yeah. to it in a more frazzled way than usual. But anyways, he loved Odell Higgins. He loved the way that they, they pitched him. Uh, the development is going to be huge. Uh, and and he also said the potential to play alongside Jared Verse, and we got to see what Jared Verse is going to do. But like the idea of like him and Jared Verse maybe playing together, like when I spoke to Braden Fisk, I think it was about ten days ago or so, Zach, uh, maybe even before the official visit. Like he was, he remembered Jared Verse's path from Albany to FSU and how they developed him. I think that was a selling point that really resonated with him, uh, and the potential to maybe play with Jared Verse and those two guys to be leaders. And he mentioned it, the chance to lead this room is something that's really appealing to him. So like FSU just kind of, it's amazing. Like the process started where FSU was kind of facing uphill battle against Notre Dame and FSU just struck the right chord time after time. Again, part of it is they had something to sell. They had multiple things to sell, but like that all exists now is you can. So impressive. Yeah. I I mean, you beat out the hometown school in Notre Dame Mm -hmm. um, and you beat out an NIL powerhouse in USC that, obviously has you know they were borderline championship team this past year you know barring that that bad loss at the end of the season they were in the college football playoff so it's a crazy good sign that florida state can continue to win these battles it's not just a one-off right they're they're continuing to win these transfer portal elite recruiting battles they are currently ranked second in the transfer portal class behind Michigan. That's before the Braden Fisk edition. I'm not sure what that's going to do to it. It may put them in first, but like if they can get Ventral Cypress, like we talked about earlier, that probably does put you at number one yeah, uh, sure. with, with potential to keep adding too. And they've added like almost all of their guys have been four stars. I think the two that aren't four stars are Keandre Jones and, who's Casey a high, and Casey Roddick. And I would make the case like that Casey Roddick is probably, I think he's at an 89 and he's yeah. almost a four star guy. Um, he might he might be he might be the the most stable of the three you're adding. So yeah, man, this is all really cool. Um, really cool to see what FSU is doing in the transfer portal to help supplement some of its recruiting uh, in the high school ranks. And we mentioned before the break, like we think that's only going to continue to get better. It has to get a little bit better. You don't want to live in the transfer portal all the time, but like FSU showing there is a level of sustainability to it that I don't think any of us foresaw two or three years ago. They're they're executing it at such a high level. They have found this. Uh, this market inefficiency and they've exploited it to, to like just this remarkably high level. It's been really cool. I'm trying to think if there's anything else with Braden to, uh, to address before getting out of here. Um, oh, his shoulder injury. He talked about that. I know people were kind of worried about the the shoulder deal. He showed up at FSU in a sling. Again, he, he talked with the coaching staff at length. They had a plan for him in the rehab process FSU isn't worried about it. He's not worried about it. It'll be kind of like a month-to-month deal and just see how it goes. But, I mean, he'll probably be at FSU in the next week enrolled. Gets to start that process with FSU's uh, medical staff. So, like, man, yeah, this is just – this is really cool. It's another big get for FSU, and uh, you're getting a really high-quality high quality prospect. Should we wrap up the podcast and make fun of your superlatives later? Yeah, another pod. All right. Thanks, Zach, for joining, joining me here. This has been fun. Uh, thanks to – Colin Turner of the Turner Group. I'm sure he'll be happy with this news. Call him and ask about Brandon Fisk or about Dustin Hill. 
and the battle's end uh, and more stuff to celebrate uh, at, at church street on Wednesday evening with a little bit of country music to, to take you into the, take you into the bowl game day. I'm, I'm sputtering out here. Help me out. Zach. What? I just finished the podcast. You finished the podcast. For Zach Blossing, I'm... Bro- no. For Benison, I'm Zach Blossing. This was on the bench. On the bench. <laughs> <laughs>